Hello guys, welcome to Run Planet. And today we're going to talk about some uh, I've been asked a lot of questions uh, in terms of um, you know specifically about you know and I know I've talked about this previously but I think it's important to talk about it more so that you know we focus on this range on this you know specific topic uh, for longer so look like the idea of like you know people always say well what is it you know what is exactly once you find out your threshold heart rate you know is it exactly that heart rate and, and so on and you have to like run exactly at that number and what I want to give you guys or educate or provide my opinion today is on how it works if you're a heart rate based uh, athlete look there's always ways you can train right that whatever system that you pick you you can train that system you can train um, by pace some people train by pace some people train by lactate some people train by heart rate I mean pretty much you got all four those only four of those choices I don't see what else you have um, now honestly the most I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna be it's kind of hard to, to 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 say right if I'm gonna say if we talk about just elite runners I'm gonna say that a lot of the elite runners or 80% of them don't train by heart rate and I would say the 20% of them do uh, I would say that m majority of the Europeans or at least 50% of the Europeans train by heart rate and by lactate and majority of the Kenyans uh, train uh, by pace and effort uh, and in the United States I, I don't know I think it's kind of more like both but I think it's more similar to the, 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 the by pace more um, but those this is the elite version right elites um, why I wanna, why, why, which people use more heart rate training? Even if let's, I fall into that. So my wife falls into the, you know, she's trained by heart rate because that's how we started her career, right? And I, and it's a knowledge for me as a coach to understand her body. Now, if maybe if she was, if we go to, you know, maybe go to Africa and train, I, I, I don't know, like I've never had the heart rate consistently on her when she started running only you know she's only there in her second year and I didn't really use much heart rate at the time I you know I used it like year three four and five all the time so I have all the data on that but so now I'd be curious you know now I'd be able to see exactly hey you know how hard are you working what are you doing like can we should we slow down so I'm curious to see how that's gonna work but the interesting topic here is the you know now we start going down the line amateurs or high um, I don't know like semi-elite I consider myself like semi-elite right amateurs um, then you got your weekend warriors you know and, and, and all the way down and I find that um, majority of the people that are on a, on a semi-elite amateur and, and a little bit of down majority or a lot of them use heart rate training and benefit more than elites would because they because elites have a better understanding of an actual feeling and lactate than amateurs or beginner runners and that is the true fact I've coached many and I can there's a wider range of paces okay because you got to think you know a lot of times you got to think well what's your what's your difference between your like you know you're fast running and you're slow running like how big is the range and you and you ask yourself and a lot of people say well maybe a minute you know sometimes people have but 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 the real the better you are the bigger the range right so and we can learn that from the you know professional runners that look even if you run eight minute pace you know these are people that are capable of running close to you know five minute pace and faster for 26 miles but they have no problem running eight or nine minute pace on their easy jog recoveries right so that spectrum of three and a half to four minutes or three to four minutes uh, think about it you know uh, that's a lot of minutes guys so ask yourself if you're a an amateur runner and you run a marathon or half marathon in seven minutes are you running your easy runs at 10 minute pace probably most people will say no right so I, I, I I'm a big 
you know, advocate of, of easy days, easy. Um, and I've talked about this before, you know, like, you know, I'm not saying that everything needs to be always easy, but, you know, you definitely want your aerobic system to be and your, and, you know, if you, you want your legs to be always fresh and you can run a lot more mileage if you slow down some of your runs and if you incorporate more running and fitness can come out both ways okay now let's let's get into that you know what is that specific zone and where is and i will break it down in numbers look a threshold there are two types of thresholds right uh, and and in one the first threshold starts happening right around marathon pace or your two let's say a two hour race pace or you know two plus hour race pace um, I like to say like we're, we're gonna here take like from two hours to three hours marathon runners right and the difference can be big imagine somebody has to run fast for two hours while somebody else has to run for three hours that changes the dynamics of everything okay um, now at what's the you know I've been asked this question so many times like hey at what heart rate do you think I can maintain my marathon and I always said well if we execute the race correctly right then obviously there will be a heart rate or drift or cardiac drift in the second half of the race which is normal okay it's just I've never seen it it always you're gonna get dehydrated in the last 10k you're gonna be close or even over your anaerobic threshold which is your half marathon threshold because your body's already tired you might not get the pace but you're definitely gonna be there in the heart rate um, I honestly and and this is where from my data and everything I have at what percentage can you maintain a marathon and I'm gonna say this the faster you are then the closer you are to the 90% of your maximum heart rate if you well trained and the slower you are the slower that number uh, perhaps the three hour people I don't know maybe 80% 85 uh, but roughly you could say that most people can go anywhere from 85 to 90 uh, and for slower people it would even be at 80% okay and even lower so I think a lot of times people think marathon pace is something like I don't know fast or stressful it really does not cross the anaerobic threshold you can theoretically go out and train at marathon pace every day you know you could because you're not if you're training at the right intensity you're not going over your anaerobic threshold so that way you don't get sore enough okay you're able to do more of the training so think about this right you can go and do you know but but you wouldn't want to do that we're just we're just saying that you're not crossing 2.5 lactate right and so that you can you you can spend more time but the benefits are not going to be so much because think about it and even guys you know the better you get at you realize that marathon is really just still purely aerobic and you're you know you you're pretty much gliding at a fast relaxed as fast as real pace you can but still relaxed and that's the difference that's the difference between like half and full is where in a half you're riding the edge you're like you you're pretty much aggressive while in a marathon I like to say you're you're relaxed okay but in a half you're aggressive they're both fast paces and a lot of times guys you know depends on individuals but the only difference is 15 seconds per mile you know so if, if, if you run six minute pace for half marathon uh, and, and if you're you know trained pretty properly for the marathon expect to be able to run it at 615 pace okay and, and and you can if you train like better just specifically for the marathon you can get closer to that six you know six ten pace even and have a ten second difference like my wife has an eight second difference between her half and full average so she averages 535 her PR and a half and uh, her PR and a full is 543 so eight seconds per mile slower all right now 
I'm not like that myself. I average 506 and I average uh, 529. You see, I got a 23 second, so I'm better half marathon runner than I am a marathon runner. And uh, yeah, that's, you know, the numbers don't lie. So uh, I guess you have to ask yourself, like, what are you? Are you a half marathoner more? Are you a marathoner? And you know how how does it you know how does all these things um, you know affect you? And what I say in, in the zone, if you, we are of course talking about training with heart rate, I train personally right with heart rate, and a lot of my clients do, and of course my wife. So we have our own numbers, right? Heart rate training is like very easy. You don't need to discuss these heart rate numbers with somebody else because these people have different numbers. Like I don't compare my numbers to my wife because we're totally different. Now, can we per, per, can kind of we compare percentages? Yes, we can. Percentages we can compare and we can see like, hey, you know, how hard were you working and how hard was I working? But we cannot compare uh, actual numbers. Like my wife says, okay, I, she averages 185 in a, in a, uh, in a marathon. I, I, I can't even have 185. My, that's my max. I can average that maybe for two miles, you know? So um, back to the conversation, guys, that we're having is that you definitely need to... Um, you need to have a range when it comes to heart rate for that that zone. And so to answer that question that I was asking earlier, no, you know, you have that one specific number that everybody's given, right? So I try to, over the years or months or weeks that I work with people, I try to find that, you know, that where I think that threshold number occurs. And then when we do a lot of workouts, you know, we try to, like I said, we try to go under a little bit below right so under add it and a little bit over so that creates a range and with this range uh, basically you're doing the best thing that you possibly can for threshold training right is that you're going underneath right so you get more running closer to faster paces but without having any issues you're going right at it so you're practicing that feeling you're matching with your heart rate and you're matching with overall how it should feel uh and which is your you know either it's a and, and the way i like to say it guys it's kind of like under you know it's more like that when you do a tempo run l let me give you an example examples are always great ways you do a 30 minute tempo run right and the way we're gonna do it is we're gonna look at it and say okay I want you to spend first 10 minutes at marathon effort, right? So you start your tempo run and you basically, you know, you get it up to about 10, you know, you, let's say you, you, this is a six minute runner, right? That runs a half marathon at six minutes and has a 6.15 pace for marathon. So this person starts for first 10 minutes, runs it's about 6.15 pace. The next two minutes, uh, and let's just say it's a beautiful day, everything is good, you're feeling good, everything's perfect. You say, okay, my heart rate allows me to go to the next range, so now you go to about a six minute mile pace, which is now at like your uh, half marathon pace. So the next 10 minutes, you're basically sitting at your half marathon pace. And from that point on, you, you have two options. And, and that all depends how you're feeling. The next option that you have is now we want to go over that a little bit, but not too much. So what we'll do for the last 10 minutes of that tempo run from 10, from 20 to 30 minutes, or I call it, we'll, we'll, we'll ride the wave. We'll try to, we'll try to, you know, let's just say in your heart rate, let's just say your zones is, I'll use my heart rate so it's easier you can put your number let's just say that my my um my number is is um i look at it it's about 166 so i say okay i've just done 160 i've gotten to 165 for the next 10 minutes 
And what I'm going to do now is I'm going to ride it to all the way to 170. Okay? I'm not going to just get there, but I'm going to I'm going to gradually start increasing. 166, 167, so maybe like 2 minutes at 166, 2 minutes at 167, 2 minutes at 168, 2 minutes 169, and 2 minutes at 170. And that is only if everything is good and I'm feeling good and, you know, I'm the, that day is allowing me, because I just want to go over my lactate threshold, but I don't want to spend there too much time just a little bit so that way you know the body knows it learns like hey okay we went over it like we need to learn to be a little bit better more efficient next time because if you never go over lactate threshold then it's tough you know it's tough because then even that lactate threshold could become you know feel like fast you never want uh number one i've, I've learned I've, I've made many of those mistakes before but you when training for a half marathon you never want lactate threshold or your half marathon pace to feel fast. You, like if that feels like really fast, you're in trouble because you got to run for this pace, you know, either, you know, 60 minutes if you're a world class or, or you know, 90 minutes if you're, you know, whatever, average or, or even two hours if you're the beginner. So, you know, you, you don't want this to feel fast. So. In fact, that's the reason why we try to ride the wave and go over that lactate threshold. So that way, you know, you're 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 basically you're going marathon pace, half marathon pace, and a little bit faster. Okay, and you average somewhere a little bit slower than half marathon pace for those 30 minutes. But it's not so stressful because it's kind of like you progress right into it, right? So that's one of the ways to do it. Another way is is by basically, and this is called a wave run, okay? I don't know how many of you have heard of that, but I'm, I'm gonna give you an idea here and, and tell you a little bit about it. A wave run is like something like, so let's say you were to do a 30 minute wave run, okay? And waves is exactly what it sounds like, you know, like up and down, up and down, right? So what we do is we go, we divide the tempo run, and you can play with these numbers any way you want. But I'd like, uh, and, and I've learned one of, from one of the coaches that I've had, you know. So I've really is my one of my favorite uh, workouts of all time is is a is a the wave run, right? And you can basically ar arrange it any way you want. Um, I've tried some different ways, and I've tried to implement my own ways and. It's just so many ways you can play around with it if you enjoy it. But the Veyron is like, um, um, basically, so let's say you're doing a 30-minute tempo run, and I'm going to pick some numbers. And I'm going to say you're going to go, uh, this is, let's say you're starting at the beginning of your cycle, and you say, okay, eight minutes at moderate pace, right? So we're going to do eight, four, and three, and then repeat that, eight, four, and three, all of it non-stop so that if you add those minutes eight four and three you're gonna get 15 times two you're gonna get 30 minutes so why i like 30 minutes not five miles because we're not you're not racing for time you don't ever want to be racing tempo runs because that's not the whole purpose uh the whole purpose is just to be at the right effort and honestly i'll be honest with you guys many times in my training where you know the slower I've trained in training, the faster I've been in races. And the faster I've trained in training, the slower I've been in races. I know it sounds weird, but that's just a some weird, true statement. I don't know why, but you know, when we go to race day, our bodies will know what to do. As long as you've been in that range close enough, not at it all the time. Because if you're at it all the time, I find it a lot of times human beings where we overdo it and we get tired get to the race and we were stale okay we're not able to produce what we need to produce so you ride that eight minutes at moderate so it kind of warms up your body you know you, you get your heart rate up and all of that and and then what you basically do is for the next four minutes you run at your half marathon pace or heart rate and then for the next three minutes you run it like your 10k okay so you really again under added over 
and then your next eight minutes is kind of like a moderate steady recovery so what we do now is we bring it down okay so now we flooded the muscles with a little bit of lactate after that three minutes we bring it down and now you have eight minutes to kind of like muscles are and lactate is learning how to produce energy while recovering that's the whole purpose of it you know lactate shuttle whatever you want to call this a wave run and then you repeat the process then you again you go to four and three so this way you know for for us for that example that i was giving you guys a six flat person um again is going to maybe go 615 six flat and then 545 for those three minutes and then back to again you know six flat I mean 615, 6 flat and 545 and just repeating that cycle. You can do as many minutes as you'd like, but you know optimally I've learned that you know the you can you know 30 minutes is like probably the minimum. I think 45 is optimal. You you could probably even do this for 60 minutes. I've not tried it. I don't know what the results would be, so I can't tell you. But it's probably it, it could be something good, I think, uh, as long as you you know monitoring your recovery. So that's the whole point, guys. The whole point is, you know, to to um, to work on that and and just to teach your body how to use lactate, okay, and how to use it to your advantage. Um, especially, this is extremely important if you're if you're trying to race like, you know, anything from a 10k to a half marathon. Uh, this is gonna be a you know a lifesaver for you. You're definitely going to feel um, comfortable because you, you know especially I always say this you've got to get used to running around the race pace that you're gonna be running in a race and it's very important that you you know if you don't do that and if you don't feel comfortable at it then going to race time you're gonna have a lot of trouble right so I really think that ultimately even if we if we think about it we can probably even you know we can probably even do in this a different way too if we were to do this you know the the tempo runs we can also do it in a different way what we can do is you know we can do it like 10 minute segments and then we can have those you know five minutes just to bring down back at like that moderate level so like let's say if we start with like if we were to, if we are to do like um or five minutes take a check this out you go five minutes moderate five minutes at half pace and then bring back to five minutes moderate five minutes at half and you know you can do that for as long as you want to you can do it longer because you're not going straight at that lactate you know you're you're bringing it up you're bringing it down you're bringing it up you're bringing it down so you know ultimately you know that's what you want to be doing because that's the pace that's going to make you a better runner guys and the more you spend around you know when i train for my half marathon honestly i've achieved uh, quite a, as much as i think i possibly could have from my talent level at that point you know i'm still thinking i can improve on that but what i'm saying is my halftime of 106.50 was way better than any of my 5Ks or 10Ks or 3Ks on a scale or even marathon. So I really made sure that I became really good at threshold training. And, you know, that was really a big benefit for, for myself. Um, uh, so I think that you guys will, you know, I hope that I was able to explain in a way that you know there isn't just one heart rate it's it's i would say like look if you know your number like in my case 166 i know some people whatever are 170 some people are at 160 as long as you know then look anything around that 10 under and 10 over you're in the right performance direction okay because think about it you know when i was training for a half marathon I needed my easy days, but I knew that, you know, running at 130, 135 heart rate, you know, at this point of my career wasn't going to elevate my, you know, it wasn't going to make me better. I can run 100 miles, but it wasn't going to make me better. I needed to be, hey, as I remember, more important thing, more, more running at race pace, more volume at race pace equals better. 
equals faster version of yourself. And, you know, that was just very, very important, you know, uh, to be able to, to do these things and to be able to, um, you know, achieve my best. I definitely needed to spend a lot more you know at those paces when I was training for the half of course this year I was not training for the half I was training for a marathon or 50k right so what I was able to do is I didn't really need to spend uh, too much time at, you know at my those thresholds and stuff because I knew that I was gonna run a, you know kind of like last month we definitely had to switch for the last five weeks that I was gonna run a 50k and you know we, we we said hey we can afford to lose we can afford to lose um the 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 lactate threshold a little bit during this period because because i'm not gonna be doing any half marathon at like as of like you know as of like a uh, main race i was still able to run like 109 and 108 you know honestly as fast as I was when I was doing workouts, which was interesting, right? Um, less, more mileage, less workouts, and you know I was still able to run as fast as I did. But honestly, you know I didn't run as fast as I used to run when 106 because that does require quite a bit of workouts because I need to be moving at close to five flat pace for 13 miles, and you know that that did require me to run a lot at five flat pace in practice, which I did. And I actually got to the point that, you know, those days where five flat felt pretty easy, meaning like manageable. It, it's not necessarily that it's easy, but it felt easy. And you want, that's what you want to get in a, when you're training for half marathon. You want to get to the point where you say, hey, uh, who's in control? Is the pace in control or, or are you in control? Um, so anyway, guys, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I hope that I've been able to explain that there's a range that everybody should know their range and once you know your range honestly it's smooth sailing from that point on it's never really easy but it gets easier and that's what you want you want to be able to feel somewhat in control of that you know of your half marathon pace it's it's not necessarily like easy but it's just you get better at it and you get better at handling the stress of it and you know you know how to race and you get better at like um, understanding how hard you can push you know uh, because a lot of times you know it's a half marathon is a is a very delicate distance because you if you overshoot the pace or miss under or underestimate or overestimate your pace it's it can be a hard event because you go out too fast you end up suffering the rest of the race yes you're still well trained you can finish good enough but you know you don't get the best out of yourself so is it a scary event yeah 13.1 miles to race at a fast aggressive pace is definitely not easy no matter how you know who you are whether you're Elliot Kipchoge or or, or me or you or it's not easy guys you know for every because look a 4.0 lactate you know is the same for me than it is for you it's just we have different paces you know like for honestly like i've been on spectrum of all paces in my career you know i've been down as, as even 630 where my lactate threshold was you know and you know it's and it's always you know we it's never easy to even even right now i'm not at my lactate threshold like my heart rate is still the same but if i look at you know my lactate threshold guys it's nowhere near like you know right now it's saying i don't know because obviously i've taken a little bit of downtime and all that but right now it's saying something like 315 you know like and and that was you know that's you know it's not by any means or 316 it's not by any means by a lot it, honestly but you know it's the difference between you know when it said three when my lactate is at 310 and 315 that's a big difference for me for somebody else that's nothing five seconds a k is nothing but you know 21 times five yeah uh, you know you know 21 times five what do we get minute and 45 that's two minutes you know so instead of being able to race at 107 i'm i'm, I'm racing at 109 uh, right now 
and that that's all it is guys just one or two percentage you know and and then you got a different result so when we talk about half marathon and when we talk about um, being at your best and all of these things we have to make sure that we you know that we understand uh, this topic of ranges and things like that obviously all other training is important right easy runs are there to substitute to have other benefits but realistically the more you can do our lactate around lactate threshold the better runner you're going to be in any event and and it's just the holy grail of lactate threshold and everybody knows that but it's not so much easy to go out there and execute it you know um so you always got to try different things to make sure that you you know you see how how much you can get out of yourself and how much you can push guys you know how much you, and that's so important uh so i always tell people like just do your best and see what you can do and you know but give it a shot you know make sure that you're training good and make sure that you're pushing your body when it's time to push because a lot of times it's quite easy to think you're pushing but you're really just running mileage and you're really not getting big workouts and remember like the workout days are the ones that make you really good really good so uh, to finish up guys uh, I did take a little bit of break so uh, I want to make sure that uh, we conclude here and that the more training you can do around your threshold area so that you know that zone 10 10 beads there and 10 beads there the better runner you're going to be regardless of your levels okay obviously the better you get the more experience with running you get the more um, you know the more precise this number means and the more you're able to learn how to where that number is so like for example in my case if I'm going and running at my threshold I'm actually capable without even looking at my heart rate I would be capable of guessing and then later on coming at home and looking at my I know exactly how threshold feels or where it's at I know that feeling and usually guys when I race in a race I, I honestly don't like in a half marathon I don't look at my heart rate uh, I only use my heart rate in, for training purposes and I do wear the heart rate in a race so that way I can adjust my my training if I was off by a few beats but overall I don't actually um, use heart rate in the race and I'll tell you why um, probably I should do that in my next episode uh, since this one's been a pretty long but I think I'm just gonna keep going here um, the reason I don't use heart rate training in actual the heart rate monitor in my race is uh, meaning I still wear it but I don't use it I don't base the race on heart rate because honestly I'm there to compete I'm there to feel by that time when I'm already at the race I know how my pace should feel so I know how how I'm going to feel okay so obviously even when I ran my 50k I really had my heart rate with me for three hours I had it on and I never once looked at it uh, because I didn't want I didn't want to see like maybe a high number maybe a low number I just wanted to find the correct intensity how I was how I calculated like on my own with my own brain that hey what's the pace that I can run for three hours I pretty much told myself well, what's the pace and I try to, you know, find that good rhythm and, you know, that to match the intensity for three hours that I thought that I was in that shape, okay? And if I would have looked at my heart rate, maybe I would have pushed harder at the beginning. I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have, but at the end of the day is I didn't look at it. I let that, that my effort dictate, you know, what pace I'm going to be going in, in this, um, you know three hour race because guys three hours is a long way to go right so you gotta like look at it for example if, you, if I'm I, you know I look around and I, I don't know what exactly I averaged in that race was if I 44 pace for 31 miles I don't know something like that um, 
I look at it and I say, okay, you know, I knew that somewhere along the lines, you know, that I can run a marathon, I don't know, like 5.30 pace, so you know, maybe 5.32, I don't know, depends on which marathon at that time. And, and so, I, you know, I figured out that like, you know, if I just run like 10 seconds slower, uh, than my marathon pace then I think I should come home in one piece and, and honestly I did come home in one piece yeah I had my problems but um, I didn't use that um, now I of course I look at it and I'll tell you an interesting story here I look at it and I say well what did I learn from that heart rate well I learned that we predicted that in our training that somewhere along the lines of you know like 150 3 to 158 or 157 was somewhere where I can maintain for 50k and we got exactly that we got 154 average so I know that I've run marathons before close to 160 so definitely um, as one of my good friends um, you, know, you know somebody that I follow in ultra Camille Heron uh, suggested that hey a 50k is a relaxed marathon and that's the only thing I remember. And she said you could probably average around 85% of your heart rate. And, you know, I got my numbers and, you know, I think I averaged 84 or 83.8, let's say 84. So she was right spot on. And um, I try to make it use my effort more like, hey, I should be very relaxed in the first 10 miles, right? And I should be very, you know, I should feel, it should feel harder in the first second 10 miles. And if anything, I should only suffer in the last one hour, which I really didn't really suffer that much, but I had some issues with my, uh, uh, what was it that I have? The stitch, which was crazy thing ever. I don't know why I still got it. Um, but anyway, um, that's that's important guys to know that you know I think many of you sometimes wonder you know if I'm using the heart rate in races not in them not definitely not in the important ones unless it's like if I'm treating race like a total workout and I'm gonna go off heart rate then yeah but if I'm going for the W if I'm going for uh, a specific competition where I'm competing against others I honestly just go with my competition whatever they're doing I have to respond you know they're not gonna be like hey can't go with you. I'm at 160, guys. You know, like I'll catch you later. They don't care. Nobody cares. But but definitely in training, it allows me to hold my horses back because that's all it is, guys. You know, in training, a lot of times people think like that. In training, you know, it's like we that we need to push. And, and the main thing in training, we need to hold back. The less times we need to push, but majority of the people don't have a problem with pushing. They got a problem with, with, with you know, with, with running, running easy or holding back. That's a skill. How many times, you know, I've really, you know, overtrained before and I really had nothing to show for in the race. So I've really learned, you know, over the last years to kind of hold back, you know, like to, hey, like you don't need to like blow your horses in, in training. Like you need to go do the workout and you need to come out of it like man that was like beautiful i felt so great you know i felt i i felt like i was working hard but i didn't feel like i killed myself i felt like i had one more gear left and that's how i always finish my workouts you know like hey i could have done another rep if i needed to or i could have done another 10 minutes of tempo if i needed to and if you finish a 30 minute tempo and you and you feel like you can't go anymore then 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 that wasn't really a tempo that was more like a 30 minute race effort you know so it's it's quite important to like it's a bit difficult to understand that sometimes by slowing down and, and sometimes by being in the correct intensity you're actually doing more good for yourself versus thinking that you always need to push 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 and that's what I always tell people you don't always need to push 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 you know you you just need to be in the right zone for the right amount of time and, and everything will come and you know it takes uh, you gotta lose the ego and you gotta be confident in your coach you know I'm gonna tell you this guys how many times that you know I have had in times in my career when I don't have a coach I have had times in my career when I have a coach 
And my one of my important things is always because um, well, I guess it, the issue that I always have it's not an issue. It's like I'm also a coach and I'm a fanatic of running and I know a lot of things. I research and I, I I'm a guinea pig on a lot of things. I try different things. So you know, for me, when I find a coach, I really want somebody that you know not only obviously I do whatever the I I, I make a commitment. You know, if I'm gonna, ha- if I ask for help for somebody, whether it's my, you know, my very good friend coach or a stranger coach, I'm gonna make sure that, you know, if that if that person knows what they're doing, I already know that. So I'm not gonna question them. You know, I am gonna do everything that I have to do. And I, you know, and then uh, I basically turn into athlete. I don't try to bring my coach into, even if, if I know as much as those people, perhaps I even know more about some other topics, but, but that's not why I need a coach. Why I need a coach is because I need somebody to hold me back, somebody to that I feel like, hey, you know, this the coach is telling me to do this, I'm going to execute it exactly how he says it. I want to deliver the news to him. I'm like, you know, I'm like Carl Malone, John Stockton, baby. I, <laughs> Delivery man. I, hey, when my coach tells me what I need to do, I want to make sure I don't disappoint him. When I go to a race, you know, I always think of my coach, like what he's saying. His voice is like he's saying something, for example, like, hey, remember, don't overtake. Don't overtake the start. Don't overtake the start. And I hear his voice in my mind. So these are all the things that I focus in training. Like, I, I know that, like, you know, everybody a different coach everybody does different things and and i just you know i make sure that uh, i make sure that i trust my coach that way i i don't have doubts and you know i told my coach uh and we started working in september together you know he's a very i would say he's a very good friend of mine if not one of my best friends uh you know, he's the Latvian national record holder, Valeris. And I really, you know, and we're not only friends, but, you know, we've hanged out a lot of our lives. And, you know, we support each other. We talk about it. We, our families hang out together. I really respect him as an athlete, but more or less, he's more of a friend of mine that I really just have a, you know, I'd pretty much do anything for him if he needed my help with anything. You know, that's my, that's a good friendship we have. Um. I always looked up to him all my life, you know, like everything that he did in the sport. Um, I looked up to him and I, I still do up to this day. And that's why I chose him as my coach. Um, because I feel like, um, you know, he knows a lot of information. And and uh, I finally feel good because he coached me before. Uh, I finally feel good that he was a, I was able to deliver a national record. Finally, you know, because I didn't want to let him down, you know, I didn't want to let him down um, because I've let him down before, you know, when he coached me and I wasn't able to deliver what I, we were trying to break a 220 marathon and we were not able to do it. So I really just kind of like, you know, finally feel good that I I finally didn't disappoint him, you know, because I felt like the first six months that we were doing workouts together, I felt like I was... A little bit disappointing him, you know, running the half marathons always in 108, 109, 109, 109, and you know, just could just tell in his voice that he was like, hey, you know, I want 107, you know. I was like, I can't do it, I don't know why. So, you know, it's just like finally to deliver a good performance, you know, I feel good, you know, like everybody as an athlete wants to tell their coach, coach, I did it, you know, everybody wants to make that call to him and say, I PR'd or I had a great race, you know. Uh, you feel good as an athlete and you feel good as a coach you know when when my wife you know people always ask me until now what's been my happiest moment you know and, and it has never been in my career to be honest with you it wasn't the 50k national record it, it was a you know that was good moment but but honestly my best moment as a coach I'd say it came when my wife ran 2.30.04 in Valencia. Uh, I just lost it. I, you know, I really lost all my emotions because I, I know what she put into that and I know how much disappointments we faced. And, you know, just to see her finally, you know, get better and get into closer to breaking that 2.30 barrier was just like... It was like a, I was on a high horse. Like I lost it all because I'm an emotional person. Like I'm, I'm more like 
you know, I'm really emotional and that's sometimes a problem for me because, you know, when it comes to my own racing. But for her to, to deliver that performance, like, yeah, I, I was the happiest moment of my life, you know, like, I think it was meant more for me than it did for her. And that's what I'm talking about as a coach, you know, like, I've also had, like, other moments in my life, you know, when I've coached some athletes that, you know, that break their barrier, like, you know, breaking three and a half hours in a marathon or breaking four hours and, you know, seeing these people trying three or four times and, and you know, you're not always going to break things on the first try and I told people that hey you know um, failure is necessary for you to to get back you know even even in this point where my wife is this year is really struggling you know like and <laughs> part of me just feels really bad but part of me I know that that's part of the process and I know that you need to get you know the crap kicked out of it yourself to get back and you gotta face these demons and you gotta have some bad races and um, you know as long as you you hang in there and you understand what's going on and you know ask yourself well why am I having a bad race what can I do or should I you know like today you know, we had to cancel like the, the Boston Marathon for her because honestly it just wasn't happening like we she got sick so many times every time something went wrong and this year and you know just came back from the half and she ran 119 I mean it's just like it's not even her marathon pace you know her, her marathon pace is 115 flat back to back you know so to really to just uh, you know to cancel a Boston marathon uh, you know she was a elite athlete it's kind of a heartbreaking thing to do but it's the right thing to do uh, as an athlete as a coach and it's not an easy decision but I, I don't think I'm gonna put her or neither does she want to put her on the line uh, and run a Boston Marathon with this shape, with this training, with no long runs, like with no inconsistency in training. You, you, you as an athlete, you know, I've learned before and I'm learning better with my wife because I've made too many mistakes. I would always be like, no, we gotta go, you know, you gotta be tough, you can do it. We can overcome it, You'll be, it'll be a miracle. But it's never a miracle, you know. Marathon performance takes time. It takes like three or four months of really, I would say, close to perfect preparations, you know, if you want to be in a PR place. And a lot of people that PR have really good, like, you know, preparations. And honestly, if she was to go to Boston, you know, not only that I think she would struggle because she, her shape is not there, but that course would also, you know, demoralize her. And, you know, what is the point of going there, you know, maybe even not running 240? I mean, I don't even know. Maybe she don't even make it halfway or drops out. And Honestly, it's just not only as an athlete that would, you know, not only that would put her back, I feel like as a coach, I would set her up to fail. Even I don't think we should have ran New York half, but since we already had book tickets and, you know, I didn't want to disappoint um, the the organizer and they have to cancel everything I said you know let's go for the experience someday you'll come back there and obviously it was a tough experience you know to run 119 and, and that kind of event I mean you know it's a tough I feel it for her but we knew coming in like like her and Helen O'Berry were talking about it after in a dinner he said like hey, it's one thing you know if you're in really good shape and then you go and and you know run really bad then it's really disappointing but if you know that you haven't gotten good training you know you're not in good shape then when you go to race you just do your best and, and you kind of know that you're not going to be able to perform at your best because there's nothing that you can pull out there's no magic you know it's like you you, you do what you did in training and if you missed a lot of training if you got sick or you're currently sick then you know on a hilly course on a cold day, it will smash you. It will really reveal your fitness to the bottom of it. And exactly what happened, you know, like, um, so anyway, guys, you know, it's just, it's just the way it is. Uh, I always tell people like, hey, you know, um, fitness, it's there. If it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. Don't force it, you know, uh, believe in yourself. When the right time comes, you'll be there. I know I kind of went above and beyond here. I went out of the topic, guys, 
but uh, just so everybody knows that you know like in running it's not always fine and dandy uh, sometimes you know I realize that when I'm also training and I realize that uh, you know I need to probably dedicate more time coaching her and helping her to achieve everything versus like um, you know um, I guess when I'm also training I don't I don't have enough time maybe to to give her that attention that she needs and to achieve her best so I think I'm gonna have to make some decisions as well you know it's either you know who's gonna be the best person and probably she's gonna be the best person so one of us will have to sacrifice the running career a little bit and you know if it's me it's me then I gotta do it um, but um, anyway guys I hope you enjoyed this episode I, I did go a little bit above and beyond but look I think you'll really enjoy this one because it's Look, I've, I've spoken everything there is to spoke, you know, I've, I wanted you guys to understand that the tempo efforts, but I did go out of a little bit on to, you know, everybody has ups and downs, guys, you know, like you could say like, hey, she's on the lowest side right now and I'm on the highest. So I'm coming off a national record and she's coming off her worst performance of her life. <laughs> so you got to understand the highs and lows that we're having in our family, you know, but, uh, you know, I know Jane, she doesn't really... You know, she, it never running is just running to her, so she doesn't really, you know, it doesn't define who she is. What she's not a 119 person, you know, she's a 119 person in that race on that day after all the things go wrong. So obviously, you know, that's only two or three percent. Six minutes is a lot off her PR, but anyway, you know, like probably it's not a PR course. So even if she would have ran like a 116, so obviously she's about three minutes slower right now where she needs to be. And um, I think we'll, we'll get her sorted out and we'll be back and we'll be attempting some good half, uh, half marathons and good marathons in the fall. And I think she'll be back to something special in, 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 by the end of this year. I, I believe in her. And like I said, I told you guys that you need to have, you know, sometimes you need to be at all time low to really see how strong you are, how mentally strong you are. Can you come out of it, you know, when everything is against you? And that's what life is about. Life is about push, push, push. And life is about, you know, persevering, being relentless. You know, and that's what, where we are in this, in this direction. Anyway, guys, thank you so much.